What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, October 2nd, 2014. You guys are listening to episode 179. Uh, I know I'm late. Uh, I was supposed to have it out last night. Drove out to Cleveland, Ohio. I will be uh, at Hilarities this week. Um, with a special guest who I'm here with now, uh, my friend uh, Joe Zimmerman is on the show, everybody. Now, you know the Verzi Effect doesn't have many guests, but when I do, it's somebody that uh, I think is hilarious and, um, you know, somebody that I definitely want on the show. Joe is no exception, so uh, thanks for being here, man. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here on the Verzi Effect. Yes. I, I feel it. I feel the effect. You feel the effect? Yeah, yeah. Do you? It feels good. Good, good. That, that's, that's the way that it should feel. Um, I want to first start off by saying, of course, shout out to my sponsor, gonzofame.com. Go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with comedians. Um, they just actually have a new one up there with my friend Chris Lamberth. Chris Lambert's a funny comedian, and uh, he's been on my show many times. He's a friend of mine. They did a uh, in-depth interview with him. Also, Joe Matarese is up there. It's just a really, really great website. If you're into comedy, if you're into comedians, they go deep with the interview, and they talk about a lot of great stuff. They got Ralphie May up there. They got Doug Stanhope. Doug Stanhope, excuse me. They got a bunch of great comedians up there, and uh, you know, mine did really well. So check that out, of course, and um, go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians. Um, okay, now I wanted to uh, bring Joe on and talk about some stuff on the show. Um, Joe, you've been doing stand-up. You're originally, you're originally from here in Cleveland, correct? I lived in Cleveland until I was four, so I got those roots in Cleveland. Um, but uh, I can't remember much of it, but when I moved to West Virginia, there were no professional sports teams in the WV. So I ended up just continuing to root for the Browns and the Indians and the Cavs as a child. And then it did, started to not make sense as much uh, yeah, in, yeah. in high school, college. In college, people were like, what, why? Why Cleveland? And I was just like, I, I rooted for him as a kid. And then as an adult, it really doesn't make sense, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I just kept rooting for him. And uh, they, kept, they kept, you know, they've, lo- they've lost a lot. <laughs> yeah, they've they've never won anything. But here, here's the thing: you're loyal. You're loyal, right? Yeah, I'm very loyal. Sometimes I'll t- I'll kind of tune out. Uh, the last two years of the Cavs, I tuned out a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what I do with the Knicks is with the Knicks, I I give it to like like December, <laughs> and I, like with the Knicks, I know you know the last year, the couple years of Carmelo, it's been better. But uh, it, it's really tough to to stay into an NBA season. NBA season is really long. Yeah, I think the baseball season is too long. Also, there was what there were like one there was like one nationally televised uh, Cavaliers game last year, so it's kind of hard to keep up with them as well. Yeah, <laughs> if they're not yeah. being televised. Yeah. Uh, I will say they're being hidden from the league. <laughs> the league's hiding them. Yeah, it said something like uh, they went when LeBron was there. It was like. 34 nationally televised game and then the next year he was gone it was like three two one now that he's back it's like 38 <laughs> yeah oh forget it it's gonna be they're gonna show they're gonna show Cavs bucks this year like it, it's it's gonna be and, and and rightfully so i mean we pulled in here yesterday these people are so excited I, I looked at joe when we pulled in yesterday and i was like what's why are all those jerseys and it was a scrimmage for a scrimmage sold out <laughs> That's amazing. That that's that's amazing. Um, got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show today. Um, 
last week I was at uh, I was at a comedy connection in Rhode Island headlining out there. Have you been to that room? I haven't. I've heard good things. I gotta say, first of all, shout out to everybody who came out to those shows. Um, I it was just super super nice staff. The club is great. Uh, thanks to Dave, the um, you know one of the owners. The other owner uh, wasn't there. It was at another one of their clubs, but um, treated the treated the talent great. Um, the room was awesome. They policed the room like they got people standing there to make sure that everybody kind of gets the experience. Um, I had a great time there, and here's the best part: the owner Dave knew that I like cigars, uh, and he had a place ready for me. So I I said to him, I was like, is there a place I could get a cigar? And he goes, um, Cigar Masters, downtown Providence. And the cool thing about Providence is everything is a 10-minute drive. If you want to go to the movies, it's 10 minutes. If you want to go to a certain hotel to get something to eat or, or meet somebody, it's 10 minutes. If you want to go to the cigar bar, it's 10 minutes. If you want to get a great breakfast on across town, it's 10 minutes. So everything that we did was quick, but I went to this place called Cigar Masters. Best, best service I got a Davidoff Nicaraguan stick, uh, $16 stick. I went in there. You're not a stick guy. I'm not, by oh, way, you I'm, had a great. By the way, I've never seen anybody happier than the moment Paul Verzi got a stick last <laughs> night. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, when I get it, yeah, like I, I swear to God that it, it does make me very happy. Oh, this is a good stick. Oh, it's a good. Oh, this is a good stick, Joe. Is that, that's what I kept saying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it takes me a couple puffs, and I go, "Oh, this is a good stick." But um, the, the best was I asked you. I, uh, me and Joe drove. I picked Joe up in Astoria, Queens, yesterday, and we drove out to uh, which we both agreed we're not doing again. Nope. Um, it was a, but it, I mean, it was a great time. No, no, no. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a great time, and it was not a bad drive. But just what it does to your body. Um, oh, I got to tell two stories about you in the car. One, the sleeping thing and also the cigar thing. So I say to Joe, I go, Joe, do you smoke cigars? Like, and without hesitation, he just goes, when I'm celebrating something. And it's just, and, and it, it kind of made me realize like, yeah, I guess that that's what normal people do. Like they don't look forward to it the way that I do. We're always smoking. But you did something in the car that I did an impression of yesterday. It is probably, I've never seen anything like this. And then you have to elaborate. All right. Okay, then once I tell the Verzi Effect listeners what you did. So we're in the car. We got a seven and a half hour drive. But we didn't like, we weren't like militant about it. We would stop. We had a great time at Panera Bread. Oh, Panera. Oh, Panera was epic. epic. We, I mean, I had the French onion soup. There are a couple bowls, actually. You were almost as happy eating French onion soup as you were (laughs) with the stick. stick. I know, I know, I know. It's the little things. It's the little things. That's it, you know? Uh, There's something about the croutons Mm. that soak in the French onion soup at Panera that just tastes great. Um, The only thing that I would say is an issue with Panera's French onion soup is it is filled with salt. But listen. What are you going to do? Oh, so they have a lot of bread there. There's a lot of bread. A lot of bread. Well, it's, when it's in the name, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. So anyway, so we, we go to Panera. We have a good time. We, uh, you know, we stopped at a rest stop, all this stuff. Easy drive. We weren't like, we were like, hey, if we got to get out, we got to get out. So Joe starts yawning, right? Zimmerman's yawning like a madman. And he goes, and he goes, and he goes like this. He goes, Hey, dude, I'm yawning really bad. And he goes, and it's the bad yawns. He goes, I may just have to take like a five-minute like a five-minute power nap just to get back or whatever. So I'm driving, and I'm thinking, this guy's being polite. <laughs> this guy's being polite because let's be honest. There's no such thing as a five-minute power nap. You know, for me, when I go, once five minutes happens, 
and I've been down for five. I'm de- like that's when I start to get into that zen. I'm going to sleep mode. So I'm thinking this guy's being polite. Okay, he's just saying, listen, I feel bad. And then he was even like, I'll drive if, you know, you get tired when I get up. So I go, go ahead, Joe, do it. You know, go to sleep, whatever. I'm, I'm here, I'm good, and we'll see what happens. And then he was like, play any music you want. Don't worry, I'm just going to lay down. So he goes like this. I'll be right back, he goes. <laughs> and this guy <laughs> lowers the seat and just, and in a minute, I said it looked like he was shot. He was out in one second. Like it, well, there was no like tossing, turning. There was no. It was you were just you were out like you were shot. And I, and I'm just driving. And uh, I was this dude's out cold. And I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating, guys. I am not exaggerating. Like six or seven minutes later, he pops up like a fucking vampire out of a coffin. And he goes, Ah, oh, all right, all right. I'm good. And like was legitimately, was legitimately refreshed. He goes, oh, that was great. And like, and like really did what he said he was going to do. He wasn't kidding. He wasn't kidding. He was genuinely like, ah, and I, I just, I leaned to the left and rested my head on the window while I'm driving, laughing like a madman because he did what he said. And he was like up enough to drive. Like that was the funniest thing. Now let me ask you, are you, you're one of these, cause we've talked, we talked about it before. I'm big on naps and sleep. Mm. You see me talk about it in my, in my act. I, I'm, I'm a sleeper. Sleeping is a great, I envied grizzly bears because of their sleep habits. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big sleep guy. Now you, you're a guy that you said, your girlfriend even says that you put your head down, you're out cold, but you can also take a quick nap and be refreshed. E- elaborate for us. Well, uh, I don't, I don't. There's something about the mental clock. I don't. It's weird if I say, if I if I say I need to get up at seven the next morning, like I'll usually pop up at seven. It's something yeah. in the subconscious, and the five minute thing. It's something in the subconscious just knows. So you do? Do you do that five minute thing a lot? Well, so. With a nap, I love a nap. Um, I hate, I hate waking up from a nap feeling groggy. So actually, <clears throat> uh, the science on napping is, uh, if you if you nap under thirty minutes, even even as little as five minutes, you can feel really refreshed because you don't go into REM sleep. Wait, but, what's what's REM sleep? I just know it stands for rapid eye movement. It's like the third phase of sleep, where you go deep. Okay, so wait, let's talk about the phases of sleep for a second. So there's four phases of sleep or three? I think there's four. I don't even know them. I just know that if you I just know that after 30 minutes you go into the deeper one. Oh, okay. If you go into the deeper one. So if you if you once you go into that, if you wake up during that, you feel you feel awful. That's why if you if you nap an hour, sometimes you feel crappy when you wake up. But if you nap 30 minutes or less, you pop up feel great. So I've just always, so I always set my alarm for somewhere between 10 and 25 minutes. Yeah. See, for me, it's like, I think the, the, the quickest nap I can take would probably be, would probably be like a half hour, 45 minutes. And I would kind of be groggy, but not enough to, you know, when I go down for like an hour and a half and then have to go, like, that's why there's, we were talking about that window when a comedian gets to his hotel room on the travel day when he gets to the show. If you get in around 5.30, that's tricky because if the show is either 7.30 or 8, you're just catching that, like, kind of danger zone, yeah. you know, and that danger zone sucks because you're like, man, either you're, it's one of two things can happen. Well, one of three things can happen. 
one, you get lucky, you get the wake-up call, and you're fine. Two, you're absolutely miserable, you go into the show feeling like shit. Or three, you miss the show altogether, and that would really suck on a travel day. To, you know, then, they'll, then they think you're lying that you never showed. You're like, no, I swear to God, dude, I put my bags down. So uh, I decide when, I, when it's a certain point that I don't, I don't nap. I like, like last night we got in, what time did we go? We got in close to six. By the time everything was said and done, and I didn't nap. Did you? I did not nap. Also, uh, another benefit of uh, not napping is you sleep better that evening when you go to bed that night. That's the problem with napping us all as well. Wait a minute. Say that again. If I, you, you what? If you don't nap, you if you do nap, you're not going to sleep as well that night. Apparently. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And, and finally, uh, Paul, um, they, there was a study done that people who nap more, uh, people who nap less live longer. I, I've heard. Is that true? Well, it could be cause or effect. Like people who need naps more are probably not doing so well, or it could be effect that the nap is making you. Right, right. I see what you're saying, but my thing is this: like, if I, if I do three shows on Friday night, no, I'm so yeah. If I do three shows during the week, I get home at two a.m. My kids are up, waking me up at seven. I'm only on five hours of sleep, which oh, the human yeah. body needs more. Yeah, you can't do that. That's not. That doesn't mean I'm dying. Right. If I'm tired at, I think what you're saying is people that like, here's another, here's another, um, here, here's another way to look at it. What if people, what if people die more when they nap more because that, that sleep time is making them not active yep. and the people that are just moving constantly, you know, I also, I, I think it all comes down to how active you are. Now, do you work out or no? Yeah, I, I work out pretty frequently cause, um, because I, 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 you want to live Well I learned Actually I've been really motivated To work out ever since I learned um, That I have an anxiety problem Just I just worry a lot I have circular thoughts um, And then I read a book about anxiety That said if you cut out caffeine That helps a lot And then if you exercise It kills the anxiety So I've just been exercising And I feel, I feel a lot more zen Because I think the exercise Makes you breathe deeper Makes you feel real good that's interesting. Yeah, I I know that um, whenever I had bouts of just either I don't know if you'd call it depression, but like yeah, anxiety, overthinking things, feeling kind of shitty. I know that if I would like go running or like really work out and and get that, you feel it does something to you, doesn't it? Release it releases the serotonin in your head or something, doesn't it? Do something like that, <laughs> or it does something. Shit, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> or like it does something with that. I don't know. What the I fuck. think it does. It does all that. I know it's. I know it. Um, it boosts your dopamine exercise. Boosts your dopamine. Uh, it boosts. It releases endorphins to exercise. It reduces anxiety because you're breathing deeper. And I have no idea about the serotonin. Serotonin is uh, relate, linked to uh, what? I don't know a lot about serotonin. I know. No, it's it's it's. Uh, I know that it's just something that will, will. I think either more of or a lack of does something to your mental state. And I know that working out and running definitely helps out with it. I just think getting your body going and shit is is really. You know, listen. If you're doing nothing and you're lethargic, and you're just not active at all. Um, it's bad because it, two things are happening. Your body's not exercising and your mind is thinking too much about other things. It's like um, being alone for a long time is not good. And I've spoken to a doctor about that where if you're just alone in your room or your apartment and all you have is what you did in the day and then at night it's just you and your thoughts and you're by yourself, your thoughts can be your worst enemy unless you are able to really deal, able to kind of talk them down. And they, what they say to do is 
when you have bad thoughts, negative thoughts creep into your mind, what you're supposed to do is be like, no, fuck you. I'm not allowing that. You know, kind of be positive and shut it down. But when you're alone so much and you're not being occupied, you know, that's why movies are great. That's why going out and to eat with somebody and sitting down or going to have a drink because if you just... If you're by yourself, that that's another reason why. Forget like freedom going to jail. Could you imagine like those guys like solitary confinement for like 23 hours a day? They're by themselves in a wing that all they're with is themselves. Like that will get you fucking cra- craziness. Yeah, it's always weird to me. It's always it always sounds weird to me that solitary confinement is so uh, so hated in prison. Because if I'm in prison, I like I'm, I want to get away from all those crazy people. I'm like put me in solitary. But it must be really bad in there if they want to get back with the other prisoners. I would, I would say, yeah, I would say if I was in solitary, I'd become like the greatest drawer. Like I would, I would just be like, dude, just I would like, I would need colored pencils and notebooks, and I would just become like the greatest artist ever. Like I would have to, because if it was just me and my thoughts sitting in a room, and they gave me no reading material, no drawing material, like I couldn't do like puzzles or something, I would fucking lose my mind. I actually think you do get stuff. Um, you get stuff in solitary. I would imagine that you would get something, right? I don't know. You're being punished, and you're like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd like. Uh, do you? Have, I'd like. H- can I get HBO Go while I'm down here? I know I'm being punished. Well, but. I hear. Here's what I think. I think, yeah, you're right. If you're in solitary because you're threatened by other inmates, you probably get stuff. But if you're in solitary because you're a serial killer and like you'll f- eat somebody at the on the lunch line, then I don't think they're gonna be so quick to give you, you know, a, a coloring book. But, um. How did we talk about what was I? We were talking about the gym. I will say, um, right now I'm I'm treating the gym kind of like an athlete who has about one year left before he retires. I feel like I feel like I've got about one year left to maybe get abs. So I'm kind of hitting it hard for that reason as well. You're gonna have like your Jeter. You're gonna have like your Jeter tour. I, where, I, yeah. where like the gym is just like to, I'm like Tim Duncan giving you shit. Yeah, I'm like Tim Duncan four years ago when I, when he just I think he just keeps working harder every year because <laughs> he's like I need to keep winning championships when I'm 41. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's been it's been on my bucket list to get abs. I don't know what I would do with abs because the problem with abs is you got to wear a shirt. So yeah, it's kind of like what's the point? But yeah. I, I still I still kind of want them. Um. So, you don't smoke cigars, or you don't smoke cigarettes. You will smoke a cigar, like you said, on an occasion, or like if buddies are out and you're celebrating something, you'll grab a scotch and a and a cigar, right? Oh yeah, yeah, celebration. Yeah. Oh, speaking of cigars, I wanted to shout out, and I told him that I would do this. Um, Thomas Malone, thank you, Thomas. Thomas is a fan of my of mine. Um, I was getting out of the car in the parking lot at the. Uh, comedy connection in rhode island and there was this dude standing there when i got out and he was like oh man paul and i was like yeah and i was and he was like oh dude he's like i'm a big fan i came out to see the show he's like i brought you something and uh he had like a he had like a ziploc bag filled with cigars oh wow and like he was like let me look and he, he gave me a cigar and um i uh, yeah I, I smoked it um i smoked it tom thank you so shout out to Tom Malone, who's a big fan of the show. I appreciate you coming out. And uh, for everybody that listens and was in that area who came out again, thank you and thank you to uh, the Comedy Connection. Yeah, Joe, you got to check that club out. It's pretty cool, and it's really not far um, from where we are. So also- what, what if uh, what if everybody that gave you a cigar started getting shout outs on the podcast? Like, 
I'd like to thank uh, Jimmy Mueller in uh, that's fucking hilarious in Tennessee for mailing in a, a sweet cigar. No, imagine I was like judgmental on the stick. You had a whole section. I, I was no, but I was oh, like yeah. judgmental about the stick. Oh, I was yeah. like, listen, you really? know, you know, Jimmy, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Sullivan out in Minnesota, dude. I appreciate you coming out, but listen, man, like that that after. I mean, that just had an aftertaste that was awful. Yeah, what'd you spend four dollars on that? I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, if you come out and you look at a first effect, it's got to be double digit dollars. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be ten or up. But I appreciate the gesture. Uh, I appreciate the thought. It was a nice note. It was a nice <laughs> note along with the stogie. I lose fans because they're like, this guy, this prick is judging my, uh, he doesn't know my money, my budget. I was doing something kind. Uh, that'd be funny if I just shit on him. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, that was awful. Um, Stop listening. Stop listening to the show because you know nothing about cigars. I had a bad aftertaste in my mouth for three fucking days because of you, Jimmy. Okay. Um. All right. I love how like I'm yelling at some guy, Jimmy, that doesn't even exist. Yeah, Jimmy. Um. I think you're going to start have cigars come piling in the mailbox. Oh, that would be Imagine I just get a P.O. box and just have people just send stuff. Then you got to start smoking a cigar during your whole podcast. <laughs> the cigar podcast. I'm going to get like a, I'm going to get a, I want people sending me sticks and humidors. I'm just going to have like one of those, I'm just going to have like a, a, in half of my garage is going to be just TVE fans sending stuff. No, but thank you, uh, Thomas. It was awesome. Um, what else do we did we want to talk about here? And then we, yeah, then I want to talk to you because I know you're in a relationship. Um, I got a movie, guys, too. I got a movie to talk about. I saw a new movie this week. Uh, one thing I like to do on the show is I do a quick little segment on sports. I do a um, little segment on a movie, or either that I just saw, like new release DVD or something that I saw in the theater. I got one of those today, so that's going to be good. Um, and of course, the 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 the. The unacceptables, which Joe Joe's gonna have an unacceptable. I'm gonna have an unacceptable, and then of course I will read the fans' unacceptables. Um, last shout out uh, I would like to give uh, before we move forward, and we're gonna talk about some fun stuff here. Is um, my boy Pete Davidson? Uh, congratulations on SNL. He made his debut on the Weekend Update desk. Absolutely hilarious. He nailed it. He looked great up there, and uh, I'm really happy for him. So he's I forgot what episode he's on on the Verzi Effect, but you guys could check that one out. He was on maybe like two years ago. So, uh, yeah, that was definitely maybe like 100 episodes ago. Jesus, I'm going to be on, on 200 soon. But do you know Pete? Uh, I've just I've just brushed across him on the New York comedy scene a little bit doing yeah. shows. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool because he started at 16. He's been doing it for four years, and he worked his way there. And, uh, you know. Uh, funny kid, great kid, and, and doing well on SNL, so check him out this season. Uh, now, uh, you are, you're like, you're in your 30s. Mm-hmm. You date, you're dating a girl who you live with, and when you first told me that, I go, how long have you been living with her? And you said a month? Was uh, said? Three months. Oh, three months. And then I was like, and I asked, I, then my next, my follow-up question was, how long have you been dating? And I was hoping you didn't say three months, <laughs> uh, but you said like a year. And I think that I, I'm a big, um, I'm a big, big believer in living with your, living with a girl first. I think that that's a big, and, and let me ask you this question. Is this your first girl that you've ever lived with? Uh, second. Oh, okay. So yeah. you, so you jump in, you, you get in the house with him. <laughs> you get in a Joe. You get in a house with him. No. <laughs> uh, no. Some dudes do. Some dudes want to know. They're like, Nah. I'm just. You know what? I'm just gonna go move with my girl. And um, it was a big adjustment for me. 
It was because the thing about me was I really loved not answering or and not that I had to answer, but at the end of the day, like so many guys are like, I don't answer anything. And it's like, of course, you're going to at least go where you're going. It doesn't have to be a fight. But when you come home, oh, where'd you go? You have to answer. And I like not having to do that. Now, is your girl, is she very like um, when you go on the road, is she one of those that like ask questions? Is she one of those that like wants to know? Not even in a weird jealous way, but like is she kind of all in your business or is it kind of just like, ah, whatever? Uh, yeah, she's not not in my business at all. Um, she's like she's like happy. I'm off on the road doing my thing. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, it's the it's uh, the opposite of the cliche thing. Was like, what are you up to? What are you doing? And she's like, I'm like, what? Don't you want to know what I'm up to? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're like <laughs> here's here's all the things I've been doing. Hey, yeah, just so you know, hey, I wanted to talk. Well, what about? I just wanted to let you know what I've been doing because you never ask. Um, now let me ask you this question, and this is gonna be fun, ladies. This is gonna be a fun one. This is gonna be for you. I think it's gonna be interesting. What have does she do that you're not saying that you don't like? Because I'm not gonna put you on a spot like that, and and I, I I'm sure that it, it's cool. Cool. And in all seriousness, on the drive here, we talked about you living with your girl. You never said anything bad. But let me ask you this question. What are are you getting used to that you're not used to doing? What is something that you kind of were like, oh, okay, this is an adjustment that I need to make living with a, with a woman? Okay, well, can I first start? Can I premise this with a good thing? <laughs> no, it, it could all be good. But just uh, what you're not, you know, right. just what you're not used to. Good, bad, or indifferent, whatever. Okay, well, first, like, it's my, I think it's my first time being, like, mushy-gushy in love, which is weird. And like my whole life, you know, your whole life, if you're not really like mushy gushy, you're like, oh man, it'd be great. Wouldn't that be great? And then, <laughs> and then once you're mushy gushy in love, it's kind of like, oh, now I got that. Now I just go like retire on an island, right? Right. But then you still gotta like do stuff and work and make money. It's like I just want to be mushy gushy in love. I don't want to be out doing other stuff. Yeah, you almost feel like you accomplished the ultimate goal, and now you should have to like be able to just retire. Yeah, I want to like, just retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to go off the grid and live on a farm. Like, like you, you won the love lottery. Yeah. Where it's just like, and you don't, you don't have to do it. But then you're like, well, wait a minute, I still got to go do. It. That's nice though. Yeah. So you get the mushy gushy in love, and you're like, ah, I still gotta, I still gotta, I still gotta do do my life still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still I, gotta wake up and work and well, pay bills. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing too. What's gonna eventually happen? And I'm not saying this to be a dick. What's going to eventually happen is the the mushy-gushy will, hopefully it stays there for a long time, but then you guys are going to really get used to each other and kind of just have a, a system and, and that things are either going to be, okay, this is a girl I marry, or it takes a drop. And you're like, <laughs> and, no, it's, it's, it really is. It's gonna That's really what it comes down to. You know, it's either going to be like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is great. And you know what? I could do that. I've realized now living with you, how cool you are. Um, I could marry you or... Like six months to a year is gonna go by, and you're gonna go. Ah, you know what? I, I was, I nah, I I was wrong, and and that's really, and then that's when you'll make your decision. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely she's definitely she's definitely the one. I definitely feel that way. Um, as far as marriage, I don't, I don't, I'm a little bit of a little phobia of marriage because I don't want to go to jail, and um, not for the reason you think. I I every time I see a, a wife get murdered, everybody's like husband. And I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Like if you like, because I have a phobia of jail. Do you? Yeah. And if you see like a wife could get dragged up on the beach, shark bitten head, <laughs> and it'd be at least one person was like, "Well, bet the husband attacked her with a shark." 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Let me ask you a question, though. What is it? What the fuck is a jail phobia? A jail phobia is like, oh, it's like, I'm afraid that I, I'm going to be falsely accused of murder. Oh, okay. So like so- <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, The Fugitive, I'm afraid that uh, someone's getting murdered by my doppelganger, and then there's going to be a bunch of witnesses. Yeah. Like, that was Joe Zimmerman. Yeah, so like you come to your, you come home and... You know, you, your neighbor fell on the stairs, cracked their head open. The cops come, and but you're standing over the person, and they're like, "He was the last one with them." And you're like, "No, no, I, I, she tripped and fell, and now all of a sudden you're on trial. That's your ultimate fear. Oh, ultimate fear. That's your ultimate fear. Yeah, yeah. Being wrongfully so, so like, do you watch movies about guys that are like on death row that didn't do it, or are you afraid to even watch those movies? Yeah, I just saw a documentary called The Staircase that's unbelievable about Michael Peterson. Oh, I thought you were joking because I just gave that staircase analogy. Oh, no. When I was like, you come home and somebody fell down a stair. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's what happened in The Staircase. It's unbelievable. No, it's not. Michael Peterson. Are you being dead serious? It's the most amazing documentary. It's called The Staircase, and uh, Michael Peterson... It calls the cops. My wife, I think she fell down the steps. I don't know what happened. They arrive on the scene. The cops are like, "This doesn't, this doesn't look like she fell down the steps." And he's just, he's just kind of in shock. And then they immediately, he goes on trial. And the whole trial, there's no evidence that he killed her. But they're just like, he seems like a real weirdo. And then the jury's like, yeah, he seems weird enough. And he goes to jail. And then seven years later, he's released. This isn't in the documentary. I looked it up because I couldn't believe he went to jail. And because uh, there was no evidence, and uh, seven years later he's released, and uh, now they think an owl killed her, because there were the the wounds. Is this real? Yeah, yeah, this is real. I'm, t- I'm telling a truthful story. Jesus. They think an owl killed her because she had the the wounds on her head that they couldn't figure out were uh, owl talon matched owl talons, <laughs> and I then mean- and then they found here's the big one. Uh, Owl attacks common in that area, North Carolina. And the, here's the big one. Uh, they found owl feathers in her hair, which uh, there's no way to get owl feathers in your hair unless you've been attacked by an owl. I don't know how the detective missed that. But so oh this is, so, so your wife gets murdered by an owl. And you find her bleeding to death, and then you're in jail. Oh, my God. Now, what happened to the guy? He got, he's out now. He was released after seven years, and now he's doing another trial. He got released because some of the some of the experts they brought on to to say like oh yeah her head was clearly beaten in by a man's fist. Some of the experts got um were like these 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 experts are just fraudulent experts. So he got out of jail after seven years. That guy must hate owls. Oh man, yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he... like an owl took seven years of this guy's freedom. Yeah. But here's the thing. An owl can't do the damage a man's fist can. So, like, how is that even? How is that even like in court? How is that even allowed they, to? They, sorry, they didn't say in court. They kept saying he he stabbed her with a poker, uh, a fire poker. Oh, okay. So she wasn't blood, like beaten. Yeah. She was more like stabbed with, and and there's and then now they're saying it was owl talons. Wait a minute. Getting attacked by owls is common in North Carolina. Apparently, it's common, and and people that have been experienced it said it feels like you're getting hit in the head with a baseball bat because they. Attack so fast, so you get hit in the head with what? an owl, and then it's like clawing at you, and she she stumbles inside. There's blood on the outside door, and then she falls down at the bottom of the staircase, and probably hit her head on the staircase. So, dude, there's been like funerals in North Carolina where somebody actually said the sentence, "It's a damn shame what that owl did to him." <laughs> 
and it was serious. <laughs> like, do you understand? That's dude. That is gotta be. I talked on the show, the last show. And we talked about this too in the car. We we're talking about the shark and the snake, and how I would not want my body in this in the in the belly of a of a snake. And uh, by the way, Joe Zimmerman has a great one of the first things I whenever I didn't know Joe. Joe knew of me through the podcast and, and I guess through through Burr's podcast and, and then I saw you in Montreal and you did a joke about snakes before I even met you and then that night at the Hyatt at Montreal I go, dude, you're really funny and then you were like, Oh man, I you know, and you knew who I was. And I was like, Paul Verzi, and you, I and you I, called it. And I was like, Yeah, you were like, You he called, called it. it. And I loved your snake bit. But we were talking about how like I I like dying that way, I always had this I was gonna when I was really young in comedy, I had this joke about, I'm not afraid to die, I'm afraid how I die, and it's about the legacy. And I was like, what happens if you had like a great-great-grandfather or a great-grandfather in one of the wars? Your grandfather's in World War Two. all of these great things. And then they're like, yeah, well, how did he die? And it was just like tripped at the zoo, and like, <laughs> like just like tripped at the zoo, dragged into like the, the, the lion cage, and just became a spectacle of murder viciously through this gigantic cat but like people die from owls and people die from snakes and it's like that to me is like I guess that's kind of a phobia if like you're saying like wrongfully accused going to jail and I get that that makes a lot of sense but like getting killed like losing your life to it to an animal is is gotta be is got, I mean, how horrifying is that? That it says when an owl attacks you, it's like you're getting hit in the head with a bat. That's fucking scary, man. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, it is, it is it is frightening. And uh, I, I will say, um, if I do, but I if I so when I do pr- propose to my girlfriend, I think it's gonna be even more romantic because I'm gonna be like, you know, I, I love you, and even though you <laughs> you might get murdered by an owl, and <laughs> and that would send me to jail for life, I still want to be with you forever, and um. And here's an owl helmet. That's a- <laughs> uh, I do need you to wear this. Uh, but yeah, I got all the, the phobia. Well, I have a bit. I have a bit about. It. I went. I tr- I, it's a true story. I went. I tried to go for a hike, and I was trying to relax. And there's just all these warning signs about animal attacks. So instead of relaxing on my hike, I'm just looking around. Yeah. For for lions and snakes, just yeah. brainstorming what to do. Yeah, you know where you see a lot of that. Um, where you see a lot of that wildlife is the. Um, is golfing, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like you golf and I, you could see snakes popping their, you know, oh, snakes yeah. popping their heads up and, you know, down South, it's a lot of alligators down there. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's definitely like where it says, don't go for your ball. If your ball is in that like long rough stuff and you're in the South, don't put your hand or anything in it and don't try to get it. Just let it go because there's something in there. And, you know, you could hear the animals going around and uh, listen, I don't mind a little bite. I'm talking about like getting attacked and like losing your life. Um, and there's a lot of YouTube, a lot of YouTube clips of that. Um, I have, uh, you, you haven't been to my house, but my house is, uh, up in the woods and I have a lot of deer there constantly, like to the point where a deer came up and almost ate a popcorn thing out of my hand. Like she was like at my hand and people like, no, don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. But like, they're like dogs up there because there's just, they're around people so much. They're not that scared. You never see the bucks. It's always, you know, it's always the, the females, but, um, you know, I don't want them thinking it's okay attacking my kids or like they jump up and they kick or they, they, they use their, you know, they, they'll hit you and they, and you've seen it on YouTube where they just, they'll smack the shit out of somebody and then run, um, which are funny YouTube clips, which actually we want to talk about. 
which is a good oh, segue. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. a good segue because we want to talk about that because you said that um, you were making not making fun of your girlfriend, but your girlfriend. You were just a little bit uh, confused about how funny she thought some of these uh, YouTube clips were. Oh yeah, yeah. So living with the girlfriend, I hear her laughing over there, and she's like, "You gotta watch these cat videos." And she's watching the YouTube cat videos, and I'm like, "I'm oh come on." I've always been a bit of a hater on the YouTube cat videos. It's kind of, for me, it's like a metaphor for how we're dumbing down as a society that a cat doing a dumb thing has 20 jillion views. (laughs) But, you know, everybody's ignoring global warming and all these other problems. Whatever the other problems are, I don't know what they are. But, uh, so I've been a bit of a hater, but then I watched, she got, finally got me to watch a funny cat compilation. And um, I got to say, I was blown away by how funny some cats are. There are some funny cats. Uh, I have a new respect. I almost think you have to be dumb not to laugh at these cats. They're funny. Uh, yeah. My favorite was a. You can look it up. It's a cat terrified by banana peel. I think the title of the video is "Terrifying Banana Peel," and posted by username Catty Cat Cats. <laughs> no. Catty Cat Cats with two Z's at the end. That's um, just 40 seconds of a cat looking at a banana peel, scared, and then it finally reaches out and touches the banana peel out of, you know, very tentatively, and. Uh, and just the velocity that it jumps <laughs> backwards and out of the screen, like oh. it just, it's gone. It's just 38.7 seconds, there's a cat and a banana peel. And if you pause it at 38.8 seconds, there's just, just a banana peel. The cat is gone. And uh, I laughed so hard. I don't think I've ever laughed that hard. <laughs> and it's like all the work we put into comedy. It's like Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Chappelle, all the greats. And it's just like, cat banana peel that easy it's just unbelievable it's uh it's so good it makes me want a cat now because they're so funny like i've always been a dog person but now i want a cat but i don't know if i don't know if like you're allowed to go to the humane society and be like you got any like hilarious ones oh that's great uh, do you mind like i brought a (laughs) do you mind if i plug in this printer i just want to like test each cat to see how they react to the paper coming out (laughs) And I also have a laser pointer, of course. Oh, you got it. I mean, the laser pointer is the... And a Cracker Jack box to see which ones try to squeeze into it real cute. The laser pointer is like almost hack. It's like, it's like, it's like that, you know, you got it. Like they got to be more creative than that. But, um, I have, um, I told you I have two cats. We were talking about this at breakfast today. I have two cats, Stanley and Thomas. They're real brothers. Great names for cats. Yeah. yeah, Stanley and Thomas are real brothers. They're, they're one of them. Thomas almost 20 pounds. I mean, they're big fucking cats. People come over and they're like, what? You know, they're, they're big boys, and we found uh, five dead mice in the past two days. I went in my garage, and I saw three three dead mice laying there, and um, and I'm like, wow, my boys are doing their job, and my cats are cool, man. They come over like dogs. They'll jump right up. They, you know, you pet them. I call them to eat. They run in together. It's actually hilarious and pretty cool to have these two big cats do it. I mean, I do want a dog because we have the yard for it. So I see these dead, I see these dead mice. And, like, they're laying there. They're dead. And I'm like, oh, man, my cats are, you know, I told her, my cats are doing their job. Yeah, nice. So then today, my wife found two more dead mice. And my wife's like, what are we going to do about this? And I was like, Stacy, our cats are fucking crushing it right now. Yeah. Our cats are, are being cats. Our cats are doing what cats do. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, like you, I can't. 
like, first of all, there's no talking to a cat. What am I going <laughs> to <laughs> Like, I can't sit down and be like, listen, guys, you know, about the mice. She's like, no, I understand you're saying that they're doing their job and they're killing them. She goes, but they're killing them outside and bringing them to show us. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, they're being cats. That's what a cat does, you know, and I'm not going to strip them of that. I think that's them being like, hey, we're, we're, we're helping you out, guys. We're, we're doing our job. Yeah, like mice aren't getting in the house because of us. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like patrol sol- They're like soldiers of the house. You know, that's what the cartoons are about. You know, that really, that's what that's what the cartoons are about. Other than Garfield, who I think is friends with the mice and mouse in his house. But that's a whole other story. I right. know that from my, 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 my kids watching it. <laughs> but, you know, so they're... He, they're, they're, but he's known for being a lazy cat. He's known for being a lazy cat who likes to eat, so which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. My cats are f- fucking crushing it right now. They're on it, and they're killing these mice. Um, I love talking about animals, especially with you, because the one thing I noticed about your comedy is, and I love it, um, I have a couple. Matter of fact, I saw a comedian. Who was it? Was it Rob Cantrell? Rob Cantrell has a joke about squirrels. And he's got a joke about a flying squirrel. And he goes, a squirrel that can't fly must look at the flying squirrel and be like, what the fuck is that? That's awesome. (laughs) And I love that. And that started to make me think of, okay, what do I talk about in my act? I talk about sports years ago. Then a few years after that, I talk a lot about family. Right now, I'm talking a lot about drinking and the things that I watch on TV. So there's always something. There's always a phase. But I wasn't really talking about animals. And now I have a few animal jokes. I have the grizzly bear joke and I have the bee joke, which I love. You're an animal comic guy. To yeah. the, you, you, you talk animals a lot. The name of your album is what? Stares at? Smiling at Wolves. Smiling at Wolves. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. And then, guys, we're going to go into these unacceptables. And now we're going to read your unacceptable, so don't worry. Uh, we're, we're moving right along here. Um, what, what about animals made you, do you know, made you write about it? Was it just something that you're interested in? Also, why Smiling at Wolves? Why is that the, the name of the album? Uh, well, Smiling Wolves, name of the album, is because I was talking about uh, different animal attack scenarios, um, how, how confusing they are. Like if you're, in, if you're in Florida, I was in Florida, and they're like, if it's an alligator running a zigzag, and... Uh, and it's like, well, aren't the alligator eyes on the sides of their head? Wouldn't they see you more if you're zigzagging? Like, there he is. Oh, right, He's right. Back. Instead of being straight. Yeah. So what other ones do you know? This and is then, interesting. Uh, and then, like, I know shark attack. You put in a headlock, drag it to land. I know that one. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> shark. Can't even breathe. It's that dumb shark. Um, and uh, I read that if you see a wolf in the wild, you're not supposed to smile because it takes the teeth as a sign of aggression. And then the joke is, yeah, I don't know who sees a wolf <laughs> and goes, it's a whole pack, wave. Uh, uh, I think that was the first time somebody did an act-out joke on the show. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's silent. They can imagine me smiling real big. Hopefully. Wait a minute. So they, if you see a wolf, don't smile at it because it, 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 yeah, nobody's going to do it. Take the two, that's a sign of aggression. Yeah, yeah. And the bear, you're supposed to lay dead, right? Well, the bear is confusing because you're supposed to play dead. For the grizzly bear, or make a lot of noise for the black bear. I don't know how you're supposed to remember which is which. If you're in the woods, you're supposed to bring a bear manual with you. I know. Uh, I know. Polar bear, you give it. Um, you give it a Coca-Cola, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, panda bear, you bow gently from the waist. You know, I learned about the uh, koala bear, and the koala bear sleeps 18 to 22 hours a day. Oh, that's yeah. that new commercial, and that's real because I looked that up, and it was just funny, man. Because the thing's just leaning its head back, and it looks like it's taking this epic nap, and it's up for like three hours a day. It's almost like dead, but like it's like, <laughs> it's just like. Could you imagine being a being awake 
for three hours a day, and the rest of it, it's almost like you're, it's a pointless existence. Yeah, it's just a lot of eating. I well, here, no, I would like. I mean, if I was up for only three or four hours a day, I'm doing two things. I'm probably gonna go to the movies and eat. Yeah. You know. And it's back to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is it, koalas? Like, you get up, you get. If you're a koala, you wake up, eat, see a movie, and you're like, I gotta get to bed. <laughs> Whoa, it's late. Yeah, like it's a long breakfast, and you gotta go back down. That's that's almost amazing. I gotta get out of here, guys. But yeah, like they can't even. Like, <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta tap out, guys. Uh, I only got 17 hours of sleep last and night. Koalas like wouldn't be able to run a business. No. Like they would just they would have to shut down real quick. <laughs> I don't but to be honest with you, I don't like I don't know how I got into animal humor because I did my last album, Smiling Wolves, and I was like, I'm writing a new hour, I'm doing I'm moving on from animals, no more animals. And then the next thing I know, I'm taking an online spirit animal quiz on Google and I learned I'm a crow and I'm like, now I got five minutes on being a crow and now I'm talking about cats and I just can't help it. It's like a it's Wait, just, oh you did that, that test where you find out what animal you'd be? Yeah, I, I just I, I spiraled on the internet and went into some online spirit animal quiz that told me I'm a crow, and I was so aggravated that I was a crow, I was angry about it, like a crow would be, and then I, and, <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm researching crows, and then I've got a bid on crows, and then I'm like, that's more animal stuff, and now I'm talking about cats, and I just I I think you just have to talk about what makes you laugh, and animals. Fucking funny, dude. Animals are animals. animals make me laugh. Did you ever see that YouTube clip? There was a clip on YouTube where a guy is staring down a rhino, and dude, they're head to head. Like they're like, I, I think it's a rhinoceros. I, I'm pretty sure, but there's a clip, and the dude is like, they're like ten feet away from each other, like fifteen feet tops, and the rhino's just deadlocked on him, and the guy's looking at him, <laughs> and the thing was about to attack, and the guy made a decision where he clapped. He clapped one time really loud, and it actually made the rhino turn around and run away. Oh, wow. And uh, I was just like, that's got to be an intense encounter, you know, because even if you're faster than a rhino, which I probably don't think you are. No, they, I, I think they, they actually, like 40. They, they're, they're like fast. So like if you just started sprinting and that thing came after you, I don't think that there's anything more terrifying than that's probably the only time that you'd wish like it was like... <laughs> Like Lawrence Taylor or like Atomic and Sue. Like you're just in your mind, you're like, oh my God, can this please not be a rhinoceros chasing me right now? But that's got to be the most horrifying thing. But that's why, like, I don't ever, that's why, like, it's kind of a phobia of mine. Like, I never want to be in a position. Like, I saw something where a guy, a grizzly bear chased him and his friend, and he got one of the friends, and the guy had to climb so high up in a tree, and he just watched his friend get, like, oh, bludgeoned no. and ripped up, oh. and the guy didn't die, uh. and the grizzly bear tried, the guy left, the, the guy left, the, the grizzly bear left the guy that he just ripped apart, lay in there bleeding, like, almost to death, and then got in the tree and started climbing after this fucking guy. Could you imagine how that guy, like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, you got this grizzly bear just just, g- just grabbing branches on its way up to kill you, and he's just looking at his friend bleeding there, and he's there, and the grizzly bear couldn't get as high as he got, so the grizzly bear eventually just got down and left. The dude was in the hospital for two years. Oh, The guy that was ripped apart and beaten was in the hospital for two years just to get his shit back. Like, it was like, it was one of those, like, oh. so... You know, um, this is definitely an animal-heavy episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I like it. I like it because you know, I just think I, I agree with you. I think animals are hilarious, and I think that um, you know, I mean, some of the clips, like you said, the the 
the clips are hilarious. I mean, the monkey smoking a cigarette's hilarious. They had to like give it. No, dude, it's hilarious. Like it's just a chimp sitting there, like actually puffing. Like it's hilarious. It's I don't think there's anything funnier than that. Um, you know, because it would, because it, it could, it, it, it when you see a monkey smoking a cigarette, it looks like it wants to have a fucking conversation with you. Like, what would you guys talk about? Yeah, you got to learn sign language to talk to a monkey. Yeah, do you know sign language? Uh, I do not. No. No. Um, it was supposed to be a monkey joke, but it didn't hit. What? Uh, oh, the silence. <laughs> All right. It's unacceptable time, everybody. And as always, when I have a guest, they're going to do an unacceptable. I'm going to do an unacceptable. And I got to be honest. I don't know if the unacceptables are catching on in society from the Verzi effect. But nobody really bothered me this week. Um, I had one a little bit and then I'm like, nah, that's not really, you know, it was involving a car and I was like, you know what? I don't want to do the car thing, but here's one that I find absolutely unacceptable. It is a little gross guys. And this is, and I usually don't do gross ones, but it, it kind of grossed me out. Um, I went into the bathroom. Okay. This is my unacceptable for the week. Then Joe, you'll do yours yeah. and then we'll go into the fans. Unacceptable for the week. Going to a public toilet. Now, no, I li- I know, I know public toilets can be gross. I know sometimes, like the in the bowl, like they, they like the sides are nasty. I know that there's piss on the seat sometimes, but what I find unacceptable is shit floating in the toilet when the flusher works, like a piece of it. Sure, it's it's absolutely disgusting, unacceptable, and like that's something that you need to like as a as a an adult, as a fucking adult. When I go to a public restroom, no matter what I do in there. The only thing that I would do, which it would would be maybe unacceptable, and I don't think it is, is if I happen to clog the toilet. Because what I do is when I go to, I don't know what you do in a public restroom. When I go to a public restroom, here's my move. I have a couple of moves. Yeah. I grab a bunch of toilet paper and I wipe everything down. Yeah, do I, that. I take that, I throw it, I throw it in the toilet. Mm. Good thing is to flush right after you do that, so you don't clog whatever else you put in there. Then after I do that two times, I do it two times. I grab it, I do it once. I go around, I get the size, I do it again. Then I take the one, the the thing that they have, the the, the paper thing. The paper thing, you know, and you cut out the middle, and and you know, and and I put that down. I put that on top of toilet paper. Wow. So I do the I, yeah. So after I wipe down, I take toilet paper and I put two pieces along the side. Then I take the plastic thing. I want no part of my legs, ass, or anything touching anything in that bathroom. Then I do my business, and then I flush. The only way something would happen in like a gas station bathroom that I would leave in there is if I clogged it, and that happens so rarely. But as far as just shitting in the toilet and leaving a piece in there is the most disgusting, fucking unacceptable. It, it's an animal. You're an animal. It's just like if everybody treated a public bathroom the way that I did, we would have nice public bathrooms where people would be okay to go in there and do it. Sure. I'm not a big public bathroom take a shit guy. I'm not. But when I am, my etiquette is pristine. Mm. It is pristine. It's absolutely unacceptable to have shit floating in a toilet when you know people are there. And a little kid comes in. That screws his brain up, right? You got some eight-year-old kid. He's all excited because you're at Yankee Stadium or you're at a game. His dad goes, yeah, no, go in there. And he like, sees all these guys and he's like, oh, I'm part of the crew. This is great. I'm going to do that. Watch my dad. Kid goes in there, sees shit in there. It's just it's a memory that he's got at Yankee Stadium. And instead of seeing Derek Jeter... On his retirement thing, he's going to be scarred because there's a piece of shit floating around in the toilet. It's absolutely unacceptable. It's gross. Flush the toilet. Flush the toilet. And I got to say, being a member of the 
National Public Bathroom Council, uh, we appreciate no, those I, words, yeah, Paul. Uh, thank you. We've been working on getting that word out ourselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if we could come up with a slogan. You know, I don't know if we could, um, you know, don't sit if there's shit. Something, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Something, but it's got to have a nice, it's got to have a nice kind of, no, I, I, it happened in the restroom and I go in, oh, here's another thing I do. Here's my, my public restroom, I, I, my public restroom game is tight. Yeah, yeah. It's tight. Killing it. Yeah. Crushing it, it. My, my crushing. I'm crushing it like my cats with the mice. I go into a public restroom. I don't go to a urinal to eat to piss. I'm going in. I go in the booth because I want as much. Here's how I look at it. A public bathroom experience needs to be as comfortable and pleasurable because the whole thought of a public restroom is fucking disgusting. So what I try to do is I try to make the level of grossness hmm. be as minute as possible. So. I go into the stall when I pee, okay? Now, if there's piss around and stuff, I'm not going to clean anybody else's piss or whatever. I don't do that. But I go, I feel better, nobody's there. Um, but when I go into the bathroom and I see shit floating in the toilet, and I'm not talking about like the little residue. That's gross too. But I'm talking about actually not flushing the toilet. Absolutely gross and unacceptable. And here's the problem. You can't even call somebody out on it because you don't see them. That's the only problem about this unacceptable. Yeah. You can't you can't be like, you know, I got it. I just figured it out. Mm. There's a bathroom, like, like you know the way comedy clubs have a, have like they police the room? There's yeah. a person that walks up to the table. There should be a guy that gets paid a nice salary. It'll, it'll create a job. Sure. It'll create jobs across America. Yeah. Stands there. Great you go, jobs. you great jobs. You go, you, you go in, somebody comes out of the bathroom. You got to you got to do the you just look in and go no no sir. You got to you can't no you can't. We got people wait. We got people waiting. I can't have you. I can't have you have a piece of shit floating in there. So get get in there and flush that. I think I think all public restrooms should have a plunger. Oh. Individual plungers. You should be responsible. I'm just thinking I just don't think people are accountable enough for what they do in a public restroom. I think they treat it disgustingly, you know. It's not a porter party at a at a concert. It's a it's a thing. So my unacceptable for the week is people not flushing properly and leaving shit in a toilet. It's absolutely disgusting. It will ruin your lunch, it will ruin your experience, and then you're walking around and you're trying to find the culprit's face. I'm like, oh, was it that guy? It was that guy, wasn't it? Unacceptable. It was a, it's, unacceptable. it's unacceptable. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, what is what is your unacceptable? My unacceptable is uh, involves Tony Romo. Like everybody says, he always he always seems like such a smooth talker in the press conference, and I see so many Tony Romo clips, and it's unacceptable to me that he keeps talking in the second person, especially when he loses. <laughs> especially when he loses, it's always you know when you're driving down the field and you got thirty seconds on the clock, you're just trying to do your best, and then you know sometimes. You do your best, and it goes out of bounds, and you lose another game. And, you know, you try, and you just got to get him back next week. And it's like, Tony Romo, I did not do that. <laughs> you you, you did that. You lost that game. Yeah. <laughs> you need to take responsibility and say, I threw it out of bounds. I was doing my best, and it went out of bounds. Uh, I threw that interception. You know, sometimes you, 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 you try to – you see your man, and he's wide open, and then – and then the safety comes in, and you, you you don't see him there. And then you got Then you just threw an interception. I did not throw an interception, no, no, you, Tony Romo. <laughs> you threw the you, interception. You didn't see him there. You didn't see him there. Did. I I saw him. I was watching on TV. I was like, hey, that safety's coming in. Uh, Tony Romo's not going to see that. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, the, that that is uh, Romo. Romo's a weird press conference guy because he has a smirk on his face even when he loses bad, and he has a smirk on his face even when he's responsible for the loss. Yeah. Like if he throws like a pick in the fourth quarter to lose the game, he kind of does that shrug. I always do that thing. He kind of smirks and he does a shrug, and he kind of just goes and he tilts his head. He's almost like this like guilty like dog that just did something wrong that got caught. You ever see when a dog gets caught and they kind of just have that? That's what he's like in the thing. But then he doesn't take responsibility. But I didn't notice that. I gotta watch him do that talking in the second person. Yeah, it's so frustrating. It's it's the shrug. He does the smirky shrug thing, and he's and he just keeps saying you 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 you. Tony Romo's playoff and big game experience in the NFL has been unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. 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 And he, he, I'm sure, I'm sure nobody playing at that level, nobody knows it better than he does that he's losing these games. And he's probably, <laughs> he's probably, you know, he's probably got to feel a little defensive about it because, you know, it's a team game and it's not all on him. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, he's probably sitting in their head going, you know, it's a team game. You know, sometimes your teammates let you down. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's your teammates. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Tony Romo. I, I, I got to watch him do that. I never noticed that he does that. But, not, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and, you know, you throw an interception to lose a Super Bowl. It's like, no, no, dude. No, I didn't. I didn't. You know, you don't, you know, sometimes you, you don't win a playoff game um, every, every time you get to the playoffs. Well, let's say he did that in other things in life. Yeah, yeah. Like he beat his wife. Well, you know what happens is, you know, she comes home, dinner's not ready. I mean, you hit somebody. It's like, <laughs> it's like no, Tony, you hit her. I didn't hit her. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta hit, you gotta hit, you gotta hit your wife if your dinner's not ready. You guys know this. <laughs> I mean, you see, you see a chick running in the park. I mean, you gotta jump out of the tree and hit her. It's just like no. <laughs> um, all right, guys, here we go. Unacceptables from the fans. I will read some of the um, I will read some of the unacceptables on Facebook, and we could touch on them, and then we'll do some for Twitter, and then we will talk about a movie I saw, do a little sports, and do some plugs, and get out of here. So here we go. Unacceptable. This is from Donna Doyle. Thank you, Donna. Here we go. Unacceptable. Riding the bus here in Los Angeles. This guy gets on with his two kids. The oldest may be four. And the other two. He yells at the older child, Stop playing around before I slap your bitch ass. <laughs> uh, good dad. Good dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, this shocked everyone <laughs> that heard it into silence. Completely unacceptable. Some people should not be allowed to procreate. Now, that is absolutely unacceptable. And that reminds me of one that I saw in a Target. I saw a guy run up to Target run up to his son and I thought he was joking I talked about this on the show he goes hey get over here hey hey get and I thought he was joking and then when I actually saw his face he was really upset he goes get over you little fucking asshole dude the kid was eight years old wow. it was like yeah so uh yeah Donna you're absolutely right and um you know and the weird thing about that unacceptable is what do you say if you're on the bus can you? Cause I feel like somebody who's saying I'll slap your bitch ass to a four year old. I don't think that that person could be reasoned with. Yeah, you, you know, I don't they're... think they're gonna go. You know what? Maybe I was a little out of line. Thank you, stranger, who I don't yeah. know. If I'm talking to like kids like that, what am I gonna say to a stranger gonna, that I don't care about? They're gonna they're gonna then just turn that anger to you. And be like, you want me to slap your bitch ass? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want my bitch ass slapped. I'll be slapping bitch asses all all up on this bus. <laughs> 
All right, this one. Oh, this is a great one. This one is Ellen Stem. I think that's how you say it. S T M M. That's how I would. That's how I would spell it. And Ellen writes, "My unacceptable babies in bars." I go to Buffalo Wild Wings every Thursday, and I am sick to death of seeing people come in the bar, the bar section of the restaurant, with small crying infants and toddlers. The parents are trash. No other word for it. There is a whole other section in the restaurant for those animals to be running around screaming. I come to wind down and enjoy a beer after a long day and have to listen to that. Unacceptable. Absolutely great. The sight of a baby in a bar. Absolutely unacceptable. Again, goes back to a shitty, awful parent. There's absolutely no reason for a child to be at a Buffalo Wild Wings on Thursday night football running around. Uh, That's crazy. That's crazy. Unacceptable. That's unacceptable. That is unacceptable. There he is. Uh, I got to wait. I got to I got to actually answer that later. But it's not going to ring for that long. Um okay, let's go. We got one more here and then I will read some uh, some Facebook ones. This one is from Dylan Fitzpatrick. He's Italian. And Dylan writes, my unacceptable for the week, my roommate's stay-at-home housewife of a girlfriend being over at our house all fucking day while everyone is at work. Her bonbon-eating ass is parked on the couch. Jesus, I hope she doesn't listen to this, Dylan. Uh, her her bonbon-eating ass is, perked, is parked on the couch watching the Food Network all day using the air conditioning and electricity that I am paying for. The electricity bill went up about 150 a month. Uh, she did that after confronting her. They have been staying at her place. Thank God. How could you date a girl that's 24 years old and does absolutely nothing with her life? Unacceptable. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know something though? I got to be honest. I Dylan is 100% right. Like, I don't mind if you date a lazy girl, but if you're my roommate and she's making my bill go up 150, fuck that. Right. Like, I'm coming home and the electricity and air conditions on, and your 24 year old girlfriend's watching the Food Network in my oh, fucking house. Oh, it's the worst. Unacceptable. She sounds horrible. <laughs> she does. I just, yeah. Like, what would you do? Like, did you ever have a roommate? Uh, yeah, I've had I've had roommates. Did you have roommates have girlfriends over? Yeah, it's never been a never been a problem. Never been a girlfriend that just stuck around the house. Took up, took up space and bills. No, I've never had a big issue with that. You, uh, yeah, okay. I've had a, I've had a roommate. Um, let's see. I've always had, I've always been pretty happy with my roommates. You know what's funny about roommates? I was gonna write a bit about this. Every time I talk to somebody in the city about a roommate, they always say the same thing. I'm like, you got a roommate? Every time they go, yeah, but I never see him. And I'm oh, like, where are all these roommates? <laughs> where is everybody's roommate going? That, I'm that I'm that roommate. People always said that about me. That they never see you. Yeah, people said that about me. So that's why I never had a huge issue with anybody, is because I, I I wasn't at home. I, I don't like to stay at home. I don't I don't understand the people that just sit at home and watch TV. And especially you got roommates. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Go do some stuff. <laughs> All right, let's do some Twitter ones. We'll do some Twitter ones, and then we'll um, we'll wrap this up in a couple minutes here. Um, thank you for the Facebook uh, submissions, guys. Uh, I'm trying to do as many as I can. I, I try to get to them all. 
Um, it's been a long, crazy week. So if I missed yours, I apologize. But keep sending them, and uh, I will definitely get to yours uh, at one point or another. Um, okay, here we go. This is from Pat McPherson. And Pat's Twitter feed is at Pat underscore McPherson. Okay, and that is Mick, P-H-E-R-S-O-N. And he says, at Paul Verzi, girl buys shot at bar, says she didn't, says she didn't tip like, I don't know what that means. Hold on. Says she didn't tip like she's, oh, said she didn't tip like she's proud of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, if you don't tip, don't brag that you don't tip. You know, like that's unacceptable. Like, listen, if you don't tip, you kind of walk away silently because maybe you only have a couple of singles and you're like, I don't want to give my last dollar to this fucking guy. That's unacceptable. Uh, <laughs> it just, uh, it's ridiculous. Um, okay, let's go down the list here and see. Um, this is from, oh yeah, she's been on this one before. This is Momo at M-O-R-G-S. Uh, sorry, a phone call came in. Uh, of course, the people, the calls come in when I'm, okay, this is from, um, Momo at, uh, Morgs, M-O-R-G-S one, two, two, three. And she says, um, is it Okay. For me to demand dude sitting next to me on plane to put shoes back on. What the fuck? Send send pick you animal. Send pick the animal. Um if I'm on a plane and somebody takes their shoes off next to me, I I, I don't know if I would I would I here's what I would do. I would take a picture, I would tweet about it like that, hundred percent. I would complain about it on the podcast. I would definitely call it unacceptable. But in that moment, would I say, sir, do you mind putting your shoes back on? I, I don't think mm. I would. Would you? No, you can't do that. You can't risk it. You're, so, you're, you're stuck on a plane right next to this person. For Yeah. And, and what, is, what if it's in a flight to L.A.? You know, then oh. it's going to be awkward for that long. It's just. If this is the type of person that's that's willing to just to just take their shoes off on a plane, then they're, they're going to do other. They're not afraid to do other things on a plane because. What if you get somebody confrontational that's like, uh, no, I'm t- it's my it's my seat. I'm taking my I'm leaving my shoes off. Then you got the confrontation. Then you got three more hours to L.A. Awful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would do it. But you're right, though. Uh, it is unacceptable for sure. Um, this one is okay. This one is from Michael R. Peterson. And Michael's Twitter feed oh, is Michael Peterson. He's the guy in the staircase documentary. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, that's that's weird. Um, at Latin underscore Viking 305 is the Twitter feed. And he put, at Paul Verzi, fantasy football, playing a guy with three stars on a bye. Oh, okay. Get a season high from your own team. Still lose the matchup. Unacceptable. This guy is, uh, I'm not a fantasy football guy. Are you? Sometimes sometimes you play your best and you still lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not a fantasy football guy, and I could see your frustration. I did it once. I actually won one year, but I just don't have the time. I don't have the time to do it. But thank yeah. you. Thank you for the submission, um, Michael. I'm trying. I try to stay away from fantasy just because I don't want another thing to be addicted to to do with my time. People talk. People spend so much time on fantasy football. It scares me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. Um Okay, this is from Shane Stewart at Cambridge underscore L.A. And he says, At Paul Verzi, unacceptable. The D-bag on the highway that slams on the brakes when seeing cop on opposite side uh, of the fr- 
of the freeway going in a different direction. Yeah, you're talking about the rubberneckers, and that does cause traffic. I just think um, I figured it out. I figured out why rubbernecking goes on a little more than it should because there were times in your life where you did look and it was fucking nuts <laughs> and you, by instinct. And I'll give you an example. And I, I really wish I didn't see this, but me and Jason Lawhead were driving and uh, that's a great unacceptable because I used to get really upset at rubberneckers. So I hear what you're saying, but Jason Lawhead and I were driving and we were right behind a motorcycle accident and this guy's head was in the ground mm. and blood was everywhere and we read that night that people lost their lives it was a scene that was like the bike was like two football fields ahead it was really but when you see that you kind of look so i think what happens is you're later in life when something's like that your brain is just like oh what happened over there so but it is it is off are you a rubbernecker or no Oh no, it's unacceptable. I I make sure <laughs> I make sure to drive quickly through as soon as the traffic speeds up, I make sure to drive quickly with traffic because it's unbelievable how how much people slow down in a bottleneck to just stare at Yeah. It. And it's usually just a cop car or it's yeah, or it's it's usually just like a dude. It could even be Dude, ever I mean, I'm, I need my phone to look at these twi- tweets and everybody in my life oh, just man, go, go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, what were you saying though? Oh yeah, the people that just make you bottleneck and, and it's the worst. Yeah, I mean, you gotta know to, you gotta know to just drive, drive quickly through it or else you're slowing down the universe. Um, yeah, I know, it's brutal and you know, you almost feel sometimes like you want it to be bad just to be worth it and that's awful. I, I did a bit like I, I wrote a bit like that where I was like when I'm sitting in traffic I want to see a family or something and then uh, David Spade was actually sitting on a couch on one of the late nights and he talked about it and I was like oh damn um, uh, this is from Newts Michael Newts is that it is that how is that how you say his last name that looks right yeah uh, at Newtsy ninety nine at Paul Verzi assholes driving ten miles with their blinker on don't notice the blinking arrow on your fucking dashboard unacceptable I'm guilty of that. Uh, my wife would be laughing right now because I do that a lot, um, and it drives my wife nuts. So my wife would love that. I'm not thrilled with it, <laughs> but that's a good one. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, this is from Brandon and Tim. Brandon and Brandon and Tim, and it's at Brandon underscore McCorm. At Paul Verzi called 24-hour customer line. Nobody answered and got transferred to leave a message. Mailbox was full. Um, yeah, that's unacceptable. That would drive me absolutely nuts. Uh, there, sh- there should be a live person. Again, create jobs, okay? We could create jobs on this podcast, okay? I got public bathroom people inspecting the bathroom when you leave, Smart. and then you get people that uh, make sure that they answer the phone live everywhere. Verzi um, for mayor. Yes. Um, Stephen Gaines writes, uh, at Stephen Gaines 5, uh, unacceptable. This douchebag was standing at gas station pump smoking a cigarette. Ugh. Uh, I hope he catches on fire so he can't have children. Uh, that's a little, uh, that's a, that's much, but First I... Of all, he's probably already had children. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like that, though. That's a bit, I mean, that's awful. That is awful. So, uh, let's see here. Dude, like two more. Couple more here. Paul Verzi. Uh, okay. Of all planes, it happens in my city. Okay, this is from Jose Rios at family underscore stars 22. 
of all places, it happens in my city. Hashtag Dallas. Hashtag Ebola. Uh, <laughs> well, you got Romo, so why not throw Ebola? A bo- <laughs> Ebola is probably trending on Twitter right now. Hashtag Ebola. <laughs> no, I said you got Romo. You might as well throw Ebola in there. Uh, <laughs> that's terrible. I yeah. actually, I don't mean that. Yeah. Well, I kind of do, but it's got to be sad. I mean. You also you also you also got to feel bad for Romo, yeah, uh, because he's he you know he is just doing his best out there and he just does keep losing and talking <laughs> to the second person. Um, yeah, what does he say about the Ebola guy? Well, you know, you get on a plane, you know, yeah, you know and there's, there's Ebola. You get on there, and sometimes you have Ebola, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> and sometimes you got to lie to get on the plane. Good, yeah. good callback. I like it. All right, uh, is that it? I think we. Oh, here we go. This is the K man. And the K-Man says, at K underscore Chiba, C-H-E-E-B-A, at Paul Verzi, unacceptable. Next in line at any store, and the person last in line jumps first to newest open cashier. Hashtag animals. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're in a selfish world. I don't know. Yeah, that's one of those ones where I agree with, and at the same time, I'm, I have been that guy, but it's only because when a new cash register opens, I feel like, the people ahead of me more often than not stay in the same line. Yeah. So I'm like, well, somebody's got to go to this new cash register. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But they that person should tap you and go, hey, man, that one's open. You're next, right? Yeah, but then, but then now somebody else has already got there. Yeah, I no, hear you. I mean, I, I think the, the the etiquette would be to tap everybody in front of you and be like, hey, there's a new line open. But by the time you do that, there's there's new people filling into that line from another place. Now, I want to talk to you about these unacceptables real quick. And by the way, that uh, that's the unacceptable for the week, guys. Thank you so much. Flush the toilet. Um, new crash register means chaos. That's just the way it is. Yes. But let me ask you something about this unacceptable li- the whole thing. Do you think, and I'm, I'm, I'm being, not even trying to be funny here. I'm being dead serious. I'm not, not trying to be funny. Do you believe that some people just will never get it and some people suck and are like instilled selfishness? And that they they'll never get the etiquette. They'll never understand that what they're doing is really wrong. Or do you think that do you think that they just don't care? Like I really want to know what would entice somebody to truly do something like just just selfish or shitty to somebody else just to like it. Like, I, what do, you, do you think that just comes from like? Do you think it's like can ever be fixed? I think you just made me think of something. I think a lot of this. This stuff is confusion with the other with what other people are thinking because I, you just made me think of something. There were I don't know if you've been to Whole Foods, but at the cash register, there's there's six different lines with like six different color codes, and they call you the cash registers call you by color code okay. of the line you're standing in, so it moves faster. Well, I got to Whole Foods at eleven o'clock. It was closing, and there's six different lines. It's just me and one other lady though, so the cash registers blink, keep blinking. Yellow, yellow, number 23, come to cash register yellow. But but there's I just got there, and she's the only person, and neither of us are in the yellow line. And there's a cash register waving at her <laughs> to come over. Right. And I'm like, she's waving at you. And she's like, and, and this lady starts to explain to me how the, the, the system works. She's like, it's not, my color's red. You go and your color's called. And I'm like, yeah, but that, but there's only two of us, and that person's <laughs> waving at you to come over. <laughs> And it's wow. like, and it's like green. Now come green. And she's like, and I'm like, that, see, that's what I mean. She's like wired in, a certain way. It's she, weird. I'm like we're not in green or yellow. Like she's, they want you to come over there. And this lady 
scowled at me like I was such an idiot, like such a bad person what? that I didn't get how line this line system works. She's just like, ah. you just like you. Just, her inner face was just like, you're the dumbest human I've ever seen because you don't get this color coding. And so finally they called her color and she just walked over to this person that had been waving at her for two two numbers in a row. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. And she, so she would write in that, so she thinks I'm unacceptable because I'm like trying to not follow this rule about yeah. the coloring. Yeah, she would write in about you. Like yeah, I, this I mean, guy wouldn't follow the color yeah, it's system It's like, is there rule. two of you? You fucking dumb idiot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she thinks I'm unacceptable. I'm like, it's, it makes me even more mad that she leaves thinking I'm the idiot. So to answer my question, you think some people just really yeah. just don't get it or won't get it? Yes. 100%. I don't think she'll ever get it. And the and the worst part about it is she thinks other people don't get it. Right, right. And, that, and that's and the fact that both of those people, you clearly being in the right, but that yeah, she'll never get it because she thinks you're wrong and you're 100 percent right. Um, okay, everybody, I did see a movie. I'm a movie guy. Sure. I did see a movie. Uh, I went and I saw it was between three. I was going to see either the drop. Uh, I was going to see the Liam Neeson walk among the tombstones, oh, yeah. or. Denzel, The Equalizer, when I was in Rhode Island. Oh, and we saw The Equalizer because it just worked out time-wise. Now, I'm not going to lie. At the beginning, I was a little leery. It, it, was like he, it was like every Denzel movie in one. Like I felt like he was like a personal trainer yeah. helping a fat kid lose weight. And I was like, what is this? Remember the Titans? Then it was like Man on Fire where he helps some white, you know, younger <laughs> white girl. You know, then he has those badass speeches. But I got to tell you, here's what here's what the equalizer was. Okay. And this is the best way to describe it. If you want to see a bad motherfucker (laughs) kick ass and fucking take names, which we all do, (laughs) you have to you have to see it. We all Um, see that. Yes. Um, Have you seen any movies lately? Uh, Let's see. I. What have I seen? I just saw. I wish I had better, better things to answer. <laughs> I, I I literally, my wife just called three times, and I literally just threw Joe to the wolves. I go, uh, I go, yeah, just just. Did, have you seen anything? And I just, I, guess, I just, I just, I had got to, so nervous. I froze. I can't think of any movies I've seen. You go. I love how you delayed it. You go. I've seen. <laughs> I got nothing. I've seen I've, nothing. I've seen... No, so the Equalizer was Denzel. I mean, I don't want to give it away, but he is a bad, bad dude in this movie, man. There is a lot of killing. There is a lot of violence. There's a lot of intense scenes. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's not like the brainiest movie, <laughs> okay? Um, but it was great acting. It was great acting. It was a pretty, you know, it was a good story, great acting, pretty straightforward. But some of the things that happened were badass and uh, kept me entertained the whole way through, had me thinking about later. So if you just want to watch a great badass movie with good acting, it's good acting badass. So I'll see the Equalizer. It gets the Verzi effect, two thumb up approval for sure. Yeah. Um, it 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 was definitely like, if you like Denzel Washington, and you like a badass dude. Like, it kind of reminded me of something Liam Neeson would be in because they're kind of going that way. Yeah. Older, you know, older badass guys. Yeah. By the way, Taken 3 is coming out. Oh, and, uh, Actually, I enjoyed Taken 2. I, you know what? I saw Taken 2, and I, it was, it was what I thought it would be. Yes. Um, 3, I heard, is like, it looks even better. 
Oh, does the daughter grow up and become a badass? No, um, I think they kill the wife. Ooh. And then he tries to go after the wife's killers. Gotcha. But, like, you know, I mean, the luck of this family and the luck of the women in this family are just, you know. So, and then, yeah, I like. Mean, as long as his movies keep getting good revenue, he's going to have to keep having his family in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I know. But the funny thing is, like, the end of the coming attraction, they're like, what are you going to do? And it's just Neeson going finish this you know and it's like it's just like please don't do taken four okay um but no the equalizer i would go and see it there was one scene i don't want to give it away but like a half hour in 20 minutes in i was like wow like there's a scene in it where i, I thought it was worth the price of admission for one scene it was pretty fucking Isn't that scene in the previews where he like he does like a countdown of how long it's going to take him to kill everybody uh it is <laughs> It is, I but the preview. no, but no. but what the 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 way he counted was cool. Yeah, yeah. But what he did, like what he, because he always he's always looking at his watch, which kind of lets you know that he's like a former, oh, he's yeah. like a former military like guy or whatever. But like his the way everything that he does, and you notice like everything that he does is calculated, even to like how he drinks his tea, where he puts the spoon and the and the, and the napkin. Oh, he's yeah. just one of those guys. But dude, it was it was pretty cool. So uh, yeah, I would definitely check out the Equalizer. Um, again, you're not gonna be blown away by the script. Uh, all right, we'll do sports and plugs and get out of here. Not even much going on with sports. Uh, Derek Jeter. Um, you know what can I say? It was it was pretty cool to see Derek Jeter. You know, kind of go off not being awful. You know, he wasn't the player that he was. I think I think everybody knew, knows that uh, Derek Jeter is, you know, he didn't have the range at, at, at shortstop anymore. But, you know, the and by the way, man, what class acts they were in Fenway Park, you know, to just chant his name and, and give him a gift and do all that stuff. And he played his last game ever at Fenway Park. He didn't play. I love what he said where he's like, I didn't want to play shortstop. The last place I wanted, the last view from shortstop I wanted was Yankee Stadium, and and I and I love that. And I know some Boston fans were annoyed by it, but you got to respect that. He went up on DH, and he said he would not have played if it was another team, but since it was the Red Sox, he wanted to show respect and get in the game. So he DH'd and got a hit, and then that was it. He walked off. But um, what a career, you know. Not to sound corny, cliche, but like what a career. Congratulations to Derek Jeter for just having I mean I don't know if there's ever been a better buttoned up amazing accolade filled career than than what this guy has done rookie of the year in 96 uh, five world series championships an MVP in an all-star game I mean you name it gold gloves uh, perennial what was it four time 14 time all-star so you know, um, I never got into Derek Jeter because there were always just women holding up signs screaming, marry me, Derek. And it was like women just having his jersey on. So I think maybe that, because people are like, Paul, how come you're not so into this guy? And I think that that was the reason. Because like Don Mattingly was like this guy from Indiana. He had a mustache. He was just like that, just that old school thing and the baseball card. And Jeter was like this pretty boy that girls just wanted to be with. So like a dude couldn't rock a Jeter jersey. In my yeah. opinion, oh, no, right? No. Yeah. Like I wouldn't show up as a kid or a lady, a kid or a lady. And I think for that reason, I was never a Jeter nut. But not that I didn't. I respected what he did, and what he did was great. But I was just never like, 
you know, I mean, women going, I love you, Derek. You know, you hear that from the thing, marry me. And I'm just like, dude, get a double. You know, I just want you to get a double. So I think for that reason, I, I, I don't know. Um, but I will say this. I do take back what I said when I said, because I did shit on Jeter when uh, they honored him at Yankee Stadium. And then he got on the microphone and he said some nice things. But then he goes, all right, we got a game to play. That annoyed me. Because I'm like, everyone knows you got a game to play, Derek. Okay, everybody knows you got a can you, can you enjoy the fucking moment? But you know what? I do understand that he doesn't like the the microscope on him. And I understand that he's a humble guy. So Also, there's kind of an irony in the seriousness of that. Of great like, career. Of like, there's an irony in the seriousness that he says it. Because it's like, it's like he's trying to say, we got some work to do. But instead, he's like, we got a game to play. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to go play a game. <laughs> yeah. So it's time to get serious and play this game. Yeah, which is this meaningless game. It was. It just annoyed me. It did. Yeah. But I do, I do, um, I respect the hell out of Derek Jeter. He's one of the best baseball players we'll ever see. And um, so great career. And the nice thing about Jeter is every everybody respected him. Every town, every team, all the players on all the other teams stood up in the dugout, gave him a round of applause, you know, and so... And it is, and it lets me know it's the end of a, it's an end of an era. And my childhood, Derek Jeter was. I was 16 years old when Derek Jeter, when Derek Jeter was a rookie in '96. I was 16 years old, man. So for me to what, like this guy is pretty amazing. But this guy had a 20 year run, yeah, an impeccable 20 year run. So that's pretty much um, it. And the other thing I would say about sports this week is um, the New England Patriots might finally be done. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't believe, like, I didn't know if they had a little bit of life left, but they're just getting the shit kicked out of them. They almost lost to the Raiders. We were talking about this last night after the game. Um, watching Brady frustrated with a team that's really not that talented and, and Belichick kind of looking confused, it's uh, it's a change into the guard for sure. Um, and, and, th- and this week really did it. Like, we talked about it earlier. I talked about it before. But watching them lose 40-something to, like, f- they got they got beat mm. bad. So, um, now your sports thing is, uh, what, now you're a, you're a Cleveland sports guy because you were born here and you lived here till you were four. Yeah, I've just kind of, I've just kind of, ever since LeBron came to Cleveland, I've kind of been obsessed. I've kind of had an infatuation with LeBron. I never understood celebrity infatuation. But now with LeBron, I have that. Like if he was on the cover of any magazine in a grocery store, I would like I would be the guy reading oh, the yeah. LeBron magazine. It's like I don't need Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt. I've never opened those magazines with Jennifer Aniston. But if, yeah. but but every thing I see LeBron James, I'm like I need to read it. I need to see what he said to his son yesterday. Yeah, in, in, in his son's basketball practice. <laughs> like I could read every gossip thing about LeBron, LeBron James. Oh, yeah. yeah, I just want to know everything. Uh, are you? What's your favorite sport of all of them? Um, of all sports, I uh, I played I played a lot of golf growing up, and I played college golf. So golf's my number one, and then NBA is my number two as far as what I like to watch. Yeah, we're gonna be playing. Um, we're gonna be playing golf uh, tomorrow or Saturday. We're figuring out. We're gonna figure that out this evening. But uh, uh, that's that's the show, everybody. We're gonna do some plugs now um, and uh, and get out of here. So. Um, Oh, you got anything? What do you got? You got anything coming up that you want to plug? Oh, um, just uh, just my my Twitter's at Joe Zimmerman, and my my album I'm happy with. It's on iTunes. It came out this year. It's called Smiling at Wolves, and um, and and yeah, you can if you want to see the half hour special, you can get it on uh, through through Comedy Central or on iTunes. Yeah, and check out Joe, man. I saw Joe. Uh, I met Joe two years ago. 
at uh, or like a year and a half ago at the Montreal Comedy Festival and thought he was super funny and um, any clips that I saw of him I just he's a really really funny comic a uh, really good writer good dude to hilarious check him out um, for me um, yeah I have all my new dates up uh, dates that I'm doing in the city uh, Stand Up New York uh, The Stand Gotham Comedy Club all my city dates are up on the website I will be headlining Morty's Comedy Joint in Indianapolis on a Halloween weekend I will be there from October 30th to November 2nd, so get tickets for that. I know some tickets are being sold. Get some tickets for that, and the unacceptable t-shirts will be with me and available there for that. Um, for all other stuff, uh, yeah, check out the website, paulverzi.com. Go to my Twitter, at paulverzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Thank you guys for listening. This has been uh, episode 179 with uh, my special guest, uh, and friend, hilarious comedian Joe Zimmerman. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's yeah, been, it's been an experience. It's been a really, it's been, an, it's been a Verzi effect it's experience. Been an and experience. and, and uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of funny animal talk. So. A lot of animals. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks, uh, and I will talk to you uh, next week at episode 180. Take care. <laughs>